Do you feel alone, sometimes invisible, or even not noticed by those who should notice you most? Hi, this is Justin Hitt with Inside Strategic Relations. I just got out of a sheet and, and noticed a design flaw in the system. In fact, the same design flaw is at Rural King and a lot of other retail establishments. It actually places the credit card reader in a position where as the customer is using the credit card reader, they are not directly looking at or maintaining a line of sight with the cashier. Now, you might not think very much of this, but from a psychological perspective, what we've done is actually taken eye contact. We're breaking eye contact with our services provider, which tends to move them to a non-person position. And, And let me break this down because it's very important you understand how this works. I'm looking at a credit card reader that is at a about my waist level. Now I know it's put there for ADA uh, Americans with Disability Act, uh, but it's low. I'm looking down rather than looking towards the individual. In the past, when we handed the card to the individual, we looked at the individual and we acknowledged the individual as a person, as someone who's part of this transaction. Now with the credit card machine. Uh, not only uh, pointing away, uh, the line of sight is away because the credit card machine, they want to get it out of the way of the counter. Uh, we're, we're looking away from the person. We're not even looking at the individual and we're disconnecting with that individual. Now, what does that do for the other person? Well, it's actually difficult for both individuals, the person who's the customer and the person behind the counter because it makes both of them non-persons. It makes it a very uh, sterile transaction between uh, the, the the transaction of monetary rather than transactions of individuals in a service role. It disconnects the individual who is doing business with the business and it disconnects the person serving the customer from the customer. In this, both parties are now non-persons. Uh, what's the difference between using a vending machine and a human if all I'm going to do is throw my stuff on the counter, run a card, and I never actually see the person behind the counter. Now, this may not seem too critical, but multiply this a thousand times over. Now, I mentioned it to the girl behind the counter, and she was just kind of oblivious. I said, hey, have you ever noticed that this machine uh, faces me away from you, and I don't get to see and recognize you as an individual? This kind of went right over her head. In fact, she just went back to looking at her phone. That's the important part to understand here. Humans are interacting with machines more and more and less and less with other individuals. And what you're probably noticing is a decline in the conversational skills and a a decline in the service delivered and a disconnection between individuals. Now, this is further reflected in our political society when individuals are Uh, expressing themselves and demanding attention to themselves. Now, I'm going to be real careful here because this is a public channel and I want to make sure I don't say something that would be misinterpreted, but getting offended by someone misgendering you is more about your attention than it is an honest mistake of the other person. So if I say yes ma'am to somebody who I'm being polite to and my intention is to thank them or to acknowledge them as individuals and to acknowledge them as someone who's helping me with a transaction, for example, a customer says, a, a waitress says to me, uh, you know, what, how was your meal? Uh, it was very good. Thank you, ma'am. I'm being polite. I'm not, I'm not trying to place them in a, a, a structure or a box that 
restricts their ability to express themselves. No, I'm simply uh, being polite in a interaction. So being offended by some stranger who doesn't know you very well, who doesn't have the opportunity to interact with you, and the very first thing you do is roll your eyes because they misgendered you or or you immediately correct them with your preferred pronouns, uh, you're doing the same thing that is being enacted in other places in society, which is disconnecting individuals and making uh, individuals non-person. Now, how does that work? Well, you're not your pronoun. Uh, every human is sometimes feminine or what what would be called feminine. Every human is sometimes masculine. Uh, even the most masculine bearded man with big muscles and a shotgun in one hand, uh, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger character uh, in a movie, will show passion or, uh, or, or, or comfort somebody, which is a, a feminine uh, type of characteristic. But then again, uh, you've got the alien movies where the woman's are kicking ass and taking names, which is a uh, traditionally a masculine movement or a masculine uh, expression, uh, which is then they're just expressions. They're not male or female. They're just expressions. But my point being is that how we've engineered and designed society, we don't have to acknowledge the other person as an individual. The simple transaction of paying for something has gone from handing someone money or handing someone a credit card and having that visual acknowledgement. That person behind the counter says, it'll be $12.59. And you respond to them by handing them $12 or $13 or $15. And then that interaction between two humans is an opportunity to look somebody in the eyes and say, thank you. To acknowledge that they have value in society, that they are contributing something, and you might be saying, "Well, you know, it's just a, it's just a service person. They're, they're not even getting paid a living wage." Well, that's because if we continue to move them into a non-human position, we continue to separate the people by uh, machines and transactions and and equipment that facilitates the interaction. Then we lose that individual as a valuable person in society, as someone who's contributing to this transaction, as somebody who's gaining experience who could later move into a a leadership position or a different type of job or another role in society. We are removing them from the transaction in a way that is harmful. Now, I buy a lot of stuff online because many times I don't want to interact with people. I don't want to go to a store and spend a, an extra hour in, in just you know 30 minutes out, go to the store, and then 30 minutes back when I can simply pull up a list on the computer and just place an order. However, in your restaurant services, in your entry-level positions like cashiers, we must maintain that human interaction in order for the other person to understand that, yes, they are valuable and, yes, they do contribute. That means making eye contact with individuals when you, when you pass them in a hallway and recognizing them and, and mentioning to them, you know, uh, how are you doing today? Or, uh, or when somebody uh, yields to you coming through or you yield to them coming through, give them a smile. These simple gestures are connecting gestures. Now, yes, giving someone direct eye contact can make some people feel uncomfortable. You can glance past them. You could, uh, you know, you can look them at, at a brief glance and then talk to them. But you don't put down your head and ignore them. You don't purposefully walk around them. Uh, it's like during uh, in American history, for example, where 
individuals were not allowed to walk on the sidewalk because of the color of their skin. Now, that didn't happen everywhere, by the way, uh, but in the places that it did happen, this is not doesn't make sense. In India, there's a caste society. Uh, you're, you're excluding individuals because of biological characteristics. That doesn't make sense. If you want power, if you want influence, you acknowledge individuals for who they are. Now, in the political spectrum, they're going to acknowledge groups and they're going to want to separate people into groups and then basically non-person individuals into groups because they're they're easier to control as like that. But when we're talking about relationship realms, when we're talking about strategic relationships, those people in your core circles, you need to know every detail about them. You need to know personal things. You need to know professional things. You need to know their their desires, their wants. This gives you the ability to judge them on their character because you're actually getting an opportunity to interact and have this judgment, uh, to judge them on their the content of their character, as Martin Luther King talked about, and then drive forward those mutually beneficial relationships across all spectrums of society. So let me break that down a little bit more. Many of our day-to-day actions exclude individuals. So they're either transactional by the use of computers or technology, or they are hands uh, like uh, arms reach uh, by the sense that the design of the credit card machines uh, moves your eyes away from the individual who's providing a service towards a device uh, rather than the, that interaction. It doesn't really give you a chance to say, hey, how you been doing today? You know, and have a little chat. We want those interactions. That's going to give you an opportunity to meet new people who could be... Um, I've hired the, uh, the haberdasher I used in Maryland. I hired the guy that was working there. He worked for me for a number of years, did a great job. I've hired cashiers. I've hired uh, restaurant workers. I, I've hired them as, as administrative roles. And they went from $8 an hour to $12 an hour. They went from $12 an hour to $24 an hour just by being personable and polite and interacting. That's what I needed for my sales team. That's what I needed for my my office staff. You don't get these opportunities if you're staring down a, a device. Now, from the political perspective, by grouping people up by characteristics they cannot control and then victimizing those individuals by telling them how they're disadvantaged or how they're being taken advantage of by other groups or about how they're uh, without call. So we're grouping people by biology and then calling out the defects of how society treats those individuals and then we're tying it to some outcome that's undesired. Um, politically, that's a great way to control people, but it, again, it's that non-person. It makes those individuals, uh, it, it facilitates groupthink by making those individuals less than. So people start getting offended because they're not treated properly. They feel like they're excluded. They feel like they are uh, being ignored and that they're invisible. I've heard a number of people say that uh, people of color feel invisible. Now, I'm a white dude uh, that's been in the United States as far as my, my ancestry since 1714. 
Um, as far as people are concerned, when they look at me on the surface, this snap judgment is I'm a white colonialist. But the truth of the matter is, is I've had family members that were slaveholders and abolitionists and abolitionist slaveholders. But the point I'm making here, and I know this is a very controversial podcast, is that we do not want society to be designed in such a way that people don't sit down and interact with each other. Because when people sit down and interact with each other, they get to realize these are people. They're just they're just like you. They just have different genes triggered. There's just different uh, biological characteristics that those people had no control over. The socioeconomic factors. Well, if you make people non-person, it's harder for them to move between socioeconomic levels because they are seen by only what can be seen, not by their actual interaction to discover that they are certainly um you know, they're just like anybody else. But my point being, again, is are you designing, and this is this is the application part, are you designing your business, your sales interactions, your individual networking interactions to interact with the largest number of individuals so that you can sift and sort and find the top quality individuals to work for you or work with your organization? Are you getting and taking an opportunity to meet people at all levels? If you're the richest guy in the world, you want to periodically meet the janitor at your building. Uh, so we talk a lot about income. Uh, I think I'm going to cover everything in this program here. But uh, if you, we talk about uh, the gap between the rich and the poor. Well, when rich people meet poor people and poor people meet rich people, they find out the only difference is the amount of money they have, not necessarily the skills. Uh, it might be a little bit of mindset, but ultimately it drives forward hope. It drives forward ability. It drives forward opportunity. And then you start realizing that there are these individual people that have characteristics that we can leverage. We have characteristics that are compatible or complementary, and then we all start working together more effectively. Now, I know I covered a lot in this program, and some of these topics are extremely controversial. I don't mean to offend anybody in this, but if you're offended, I don't really care. My intention is to highlight that the more you can understand about individuals and the more chances you give other people to make good on their interactions, the dis- you will discover the character of the individual. You can judge them on the content of their character rather than the color of their skin, rather than some biological marker. But you also have to understand that some of these systems are intentional because – so there's unintended consequences and there's intentional consequences. The placement of a credit card machine is likely an unintentional consequence. The grouping of individuals and then assigning victimhood to them is likely on purpose. Both mechanisms control how individuals move through an organization or move through society. Both of them have negative long-term impacts that you can overcome by building strong networks of individuals. Your network stays even stronger by having a diverse network, not for the sake of diversity, but for the sake of of interactions at socioeconomic levels, racial and other biological levels, uh, so that we can find the very best people to put them on your team. When you have the very best people on your team, you have greater stability, you have greater influence, and you have greater impact for strong and powerful outcomes. I'm Justin Hitt with Inside Strategic Relations. If you have any questions or comments about this program, uh, simply visit us at www.insidestrategicrelations.com, and I welcome all levels of feedback, uh, but ultimately, 
It's what you do with this program that matters more than anything else. Thanks for listening. Again, I'm here to help you create and keep profitable customers and transform business relationships into profits guaranteed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.